Hi, I'm Erica. And I'm Salem. And, ah! And that was a squeaky hello. Um, and this is our podcast. <laughs> um, so, it's been a little while since we recorded a podcast. Things have been bonkers. School. Oh, school's back. That's right. We probably haven't recorded one since you went back to school. Don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Um, so, actually, that's a good place to start. We are, um, we are in virtual all virtual learning. We live in we live in a community where everybody is taking school online from home. So that's I sort think of, there's hybrid learning at my school. Not yet. I think that they polled everybody to find out if people would be interested in hybrid learning, but we're not there yet. And certainly not there mm-hmm. right now in December. Um so it's December twenty twenty and last time we came to you we promised to come back with a conversation around Arrow, which is sort of an acronym or short way of saying asexual and aromantic. And Salem has made the special request that we also talk about agender. So um, we also agreed, right? To talk about... No, 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 no. We, oh. we agreed to do this pretty high level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to try to keep it really simple. Certainly, it, this is not a comprehensive discussion about these things, but more um, from our shared understanding of these terms and what they mean to people. Yes, go ahead, Zay. So, um, the the prefix of a um, before asexual, aromantic, and agender pretty much just envelops the general idea of what all of them mean, because the prefix a is in this case being used to mean no right so you could replace the a in all of them so asexual becomes no sexual and aromantic becomes no romantic and agender becomes no gender and that pretty much simplifies oh well hey i guess we're done (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah that that's actually a really good thing to point out right just that a is the prefix means basically no so let's let's start at the top with asexual what What does asexual mean? Asexual means a lack of sexual attraction. You can still experience romantic, platonic, and aesthetic attraction. You just can't experience sexual attraction at all. Okay, so this has nothing to do with a person's gender. It has nothing to do with a person's um, sexual orientation. It only speaks No, it is their sexual orientation. Their romantic orientation is a completely different thing. Ah, okay. Sexual orientation, asexual. Yes. Ah, gotcha. Okay, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, where was I? What was where was my head going? Okay, so it's not about their gender. It doesn't apply to their gender. And it doesn't it just, apply to their like romantic feelings for people. It just applies to their sexual feelings for people. Okay, that literally is their sexual orientation. It literally is their sexuality. Yes. Okay. So if um if I I guess that's where LGBTQ so if I'm a lesbian I have a sexual to girls orientation towards towards girls. Females. Right. Yes. Okay. Wow. That's an umbrella term. We're really breaking it down now. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense to me. That does that does sort of simplify it. Okay, so the next thing we wanted to sh- to talk about was was aromantic. So what does that mean? Aromantic, it's 
it's like asexual, except instead of a lack of sexual attraction, you have a lack of romantic attraction. You can still experience sexual attraction, platonic attraction, and aesthetic attraction, and this does not, like, apply to gender or sexual attraction. It's just romantic attraction. Okay, right. So again, this has nothing to do with a person's gender. And in this case, it has nothing to do with their sexual orientation. Unless they are both asexual and aromantic, then they're they're just... Sure, but they would I, they would say that I am asexual and aromantic. Yeah, or, or they could just for short. azero, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so if I'm aromantic, I have sort of little to no romantic feelings just for... no romantic feelings for anybody. End of sentence, yeah. Just period. Okay, that makes sense. But you can still have platonic attraction and aesthetic attraction to people. Let's talk about those two words. I mean, I know what they mean in Webster's Dictionary, but let's describe it in this context. Which one first? Platonic. Well, platonic attraction is like the love you feel for your best friend. Like, you wouldn't necessarily be romantic attracted to them, romantically attracted to them, but you would, like, you'd, you'd... You'd be there for them. You'd, right. You'd be happy if they, like, gave you a hug or something. You keep them close. You care about them. Yeah. Right. Well, I can't describe it because it's different for everybody, but that's kind of what it is for me. Okay. Platonic friendships, then, relationships. Yeah. Okay. Nothing romantic. Right. That's, that's Or sexual. Yeah. Okay. Platonic. Got it. And then aesthetic is, it's, the simplest way I can say it is, like, Say you see, like, a really pretty person or a really pretty thing, and you go, wow, I really like that thing. But that's that's pretty much the extent of it. It's so like, it's pretty much just surface level? Just, it's, yeah, it's pretty much surface level. Okay. Like, if you see something pretty and you go, yes, that's pretty. The aesthetic. Yeah. Okay, so it's like a general look. Yeah. Okay, that you, that you, that you dig. That you like. But you wouldn't be like romantically or platonically or sexually attracted to it. You'd just be like, yes, that's a pretty thing. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> aesthetic attraction. Yes. So I might have an aesthetic attraction for a certain look, but it does it only means that I'm aesthetically attracted to it. Yeah. Period. Or okay. you could have an aesthetic attraction to a certain type of person, but you wouldn't ro- necessarily be Romantically, romantically interested in that person. Interested in that person. You'd just be like, yes, that's a pretty right. person. I appreciate that. I like it. Yeah. I'm interested in it, but not attracted to. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. I think we might have muddied the waters a little bit with that detour. <laughs> we kind of detoured. <laughs> but uh, that's okay. Um, okay. So that that pretty much covers that, I think, in the simplest. Oh, oh yes. I missed the most important one. Um, so the third A that we said we would talk about is agendered yeah what does that mean that is completely different from asexual and aromantic in that agender is under the non-binary umbrella and it means a lack of gender so no gender yes right and i say that it's under the non-binary umbrella because non-binary as an umbrella term basically just means any gender outside of the binary genders right so a gender falls under that umbrella and it just means a lack of gender mm-hmm. gotcha i mean that sounds simple sort of on paper but i think people are challenged to think about what that really means yeah you know i think like if i'm sitting here i'm thinking okay no gender 
I think the natural impulse for people my age, maybe most people, would be, how can you have no gender? You have you're born um, with these body parts that and these chromosomes that sort of define you as a female or a well, male. They define you in society to other people. People will see maybe the way you dress or the way you look and they'll automatically assume ah yes this person has this part or that part but then when you come out of the waters and you say like yes I have I look like I have maybe either of these parts or Mm -hmm. none of these parts and they go then then how do how do I make you feel bad about yourself because that's not normal Mm. you think that's what generally people think yeah, that's that's what most people think about people outside of the binary the gender. Binary. They're like, well, well, then how do I identify you? How do I put you in the two boxes? If right. You don't go in the box. You don't. You don't fit. You don't fit sort of what I believe or what I understand about. How gender. do I put you in the square hole or the circle hole if you're a triangle? <laughs> right. Okay. That's a interesting way to describe it. Um, so. Agender is underneath non-binary, and non-binary is sort of under the umbrella of trans. There's been a lot well, of... There, non-binary can be under the end, uh, umbrella of trans. Like, you can be non-binary and still transition if you want to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, you could be um, a trans-masculine non-binary or a oh, trans-feminine oh, oh, non-binary. Oh, I think you might be... You're probably losing you're losing people. <laughs> Tran- transmasculine non-binary w- means you are non-binary, but you transition in- into, ba- like, with masculine features. And trans-feminine non-binary means you transition it from non-binary to non-binary with feminine features. Gotcha. Okay. All right. I think that is a more complex topic that we should unpack at a later time that's another podcast (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole big 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 conversation um and it's related to another topic that i wanted to cover sometime which is um this notion of taking what what is it uh puberty blockers puberty blockers right which is um oh go ahead puberty blockers you take before you take um hormone replacement pills like estrogen or testosterone Mm -hmm. either pills or shots Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's just to make sure that you stop producing the hormone that you don't want and so that you can take the shot or the pill for the hormone you do want right right so you stop producing the hormone that you don't want and yeah before you start taking injections of the hormones that you do want for that transition i haven't looked up much about the process and i haven't gone through it myself so i can't say for sure what it is like for anyone Mm -hmm, for sure um but apparently it's not that fun of a process both ways yeah no i can imagine i mean anytime you're sort of messing with your body chemistry which is which is what that is? Then yeah, I can see genetically how genetically modified humans. You're 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 um, yeah. You're putting yourself in a vulnerable position, and I can imagine it's hard on the body. It's probably really hard emotionally. Um, I mean, I think that that's that's what I would what anticipate. I mean, of course. I can't speak for everyone's transition, but I I don't know. No, so I, I know. Can't, I can't speak clearly on this topic. No, no, I, I'm I not asking little you. Little information. I'm not asking you to. That's okay. Yes. I think the point the point I was trying to make is that there are certain parts of the world where, um, you know, there, there are certain parts of the world where that's completely illegal. Well, no, I was where I was going was they 
allow um, pre-teens, younger children, to I'll call them children, to oh, take puberty. gender blockers, or not gender blockers, puberty, um, blockers. puberty blockers, to prevent them from developing once they've decided at a very early age that they are the, not the gender that they were born or assigned at birth. I think there could be, like, a minimum age to go on puberty blockers. Yeah. But I I, I don't know if it should be given to, like, people under the age of six. I mean, the six is young, Because, I say. mean, that's, that's really tiny. Six is so young. I mean, 13 is young. Yeah, but six is even smaller. I'm, but, I mean... I think it, I, I I don't know for sure, but I, I, I'm I'm I mean I, let's 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 park it let's I mean, park it. What if what if you decide like when you're like eleven, you're like, hey, I want to go on puberty blockers, and you go on puberty blockers, and then later on in life, you're like, but I don't I don't want to. Do I that I don't anymore. I don't I don't feel that way now. Yeah, yeah no, so it's just, tough. I, I think there should be a minimum age just in case people change their minds, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying that it should be illegal. No, I, yeah, I, I believe that I agree with you, and we're probably pretty well aligned yeah. on that, and we'll talk about it later. I, I um, don't know if that was mean or not. You don't know if what? I don't know if that was mean or not. You didn't say anything mean. <laughs> no, but so don't I worry. Don't. don't, don't wrap your brain around it. You're okay. Um, okay. I think that, say, you're actually incredible incredibly thoughtful about the way you talk about things and the way you describe things and you consider what someone's going to feel when you say something a certain way and, and I think that that's what we're asking all people that's why to do. I have anxiety about talking to people oh please <laughs> oh please okay so we're gonna pause right there and we're actually gonna pivot we're gonna make a left turn and we're gonna talk about a new topic and that is about sort of this notion of inclusivity in the classroom. And this came from a friend of mine who uh, asked me this question. Um, actually, I have a second question that I'm going to ask you. Surprise, second question I'm going to ask you after this one. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a no-brainer, though. Okay, so I'm getting the, like, hurry up mommy signals <laughs> from Salem, which you guys can't see. Um, so the question was how, how can a teacher professor create sort of an inclusive environment in the classroom, both virtually and in the, in person in the classroom? Well, nothing really changes from the virtual to the in-person because it's mostly in the way that they address the room. Like if they're going to address the room with gender inclusivity, since most of the inclusivity in the classroom is gender inclusivity. You can address the classroom with just a simple good morning class or good morning gang or good morning people. My people. Just in general. Hey, my people. Just good morning. Nothing <laughs> after that. Just good morning. Right. Like, just maybe if if you don't want to address your classroom as, like, ladies and gentlemen, you could address them as your classroom. That would make it a lot easier or maybe not maybe swap out the boys and girls for just a simple class yeah right okay so what actually that applies for to a lot of settings right like if i'm if i'm about to give a big presentation in front of a room full of people same applies you could say okay everybody right i'd like you to pay attention to my presentation right (laughs) you don't need to say like ladies and gentlemen or boys and girls you could say just 
everyone. Yeah. Class, classroom. Okay, so what are other ways that a teacher, professor could make or create an inclusive environment? That's pretty much the main one. Also, maybe just make sure that if you want to be inclusive, that your classroom is like a safe space. Mm. Maybe you could show this by maybe having a little pride flag somewhere in your room and underneath it some writing that says this is a safe space feel free to talk to me if you want to mm, i like that idea i saw a teacher with a sticker kind of like that at school mm. it was a very cool teacher i like that too sending a signal um i recently read something i can't remember where but it was uh it's probably on social media but um somebody had flown a flag a pride flag in in their home or in front of their home and then someone left them a note saying that they were they were really heartwarmed when they saw that and it actually turned out that it was this person's original home they grew up in that home so um, I think actually flying the flag as an ally is a really great idea whether it's in a classroom or outside the classroom yeah because it makes it very apparent that you are a safe person to talk to and if any of your students or like anybody questions it you could just say I want my classroom to be a safe, inclusive space. Right, exactly. I like that a lot. You don't need to put the flag up, but it's a huge help to maybe a student that doesn't really feel safe telling anybody else. Yeah, it sends a signal that you're... They might even there for come them. out to you if yeah. they feel if they trust you enough. Okay, I think that was a really good one. Um, you know, and I think, you know, some of the other thoughts I was having are around if someone asks to be um, called by a different name, right? And in in your case, that happened this year. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I asked my all of my teachers this year to change my name on their roster from my birth name to Salem. And they were all like, yeah, of course. And uh, they all do call me Salem, but I've now never once heard them refer to me with pronouns. Oh, they're like avoiding the pronoun thing altogether. That's that's they they do it for most of the kids, but every once in a while, he'll my teacher calls someone she or he, and he'll be like, "Why don't you do that to me?" Oh, interesting. That's validating. Oh, so in fact, if a class, if a student asks like, you as a teacher to refer to you with specific pronouns like they, them, or or, a specific or she, name. them, or what have you, or a specific or, name. Or, yeah. You can honor that request by actually doing it, not avoiding yeah, it. Yeah, like, okay. don't, don't avoid, like, a name, especially, like, call them by their name. Because I know, at least for me, it, it makes me feel really happy whenever I hear my teachers say, yes, Salem, can you answer the question? Right, okay. That, that, and actually, I think... I think you don't. You don't even have to refer to them with pronouns. You could just say their name. Their name that they that's re- enough. request you to name them with. Um, I feel like that sp- spiked your participation in the beginning of the year, didn't it? Yeah, I I I got called on too many times, <laughs> so my teachers stopped calling on me right? because of that. Because you were that kid in the front of the class leaning with your arm in the air. I was that kid like flailing yeah. my yeah, arm. I know the <laughs> well, it runs in the family. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, I think I think that about wraps it up for that topic for now. Was there more? Was oh, my other, the second question. Uh, yeah, somebody asked me, so they have a family member who um, has come out as non-binary, and they're asking me, and this is a, a an aunt to the kid, 
Um, how do they refer? How how do they refer to a niece or a nephew with a non-binary term? So there's a term that somebody created. I'm not sure who, but it's basically just a. It you get sibling because it's your sibling's kid, and then just the letter N, and that creates nibbling. Okay. And that's that's my nibbling. That's the that's the gender neutral way to refer to your. To your niece or nephew nibbling be that's not niece or nephew that, that's non-binary yeah. non-binary that's a non-binary way to refer neutral. to your a gender neutral way to refer to your 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 sibling's, your sibling's child. kid okay yeah. nibbling okay so here's another really practical question if i'm having a conversation with someone and i have a non-binary um my let's just say my sister's kiddo is non-binary and i'm, and I'm gonna say oh hey my oh so i was shopping for my nibbling and, you know, they're really into blah, blah, blah. And the person I'm talking to will make a really confused face, probably, right? Like, you what just, word did you just say? You could just quickly explain, oh, nibbling is um, another term I use for my sibling's kid. Who is, who's non-binary. Who's, we should you educate. don't have to say who's non-binary, because if they don't understand. Yeah, but if you're already explaining what nibbling means, don't you think that's a vital part of the equation? You can, if you want to, just, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it's worth, I mean, if you're going to explain what it yeah, is. It's worth, it's worth explaining because, like, maybe yeah. they just need to be educated. You can't just use it in passing and hope that they understand what you're talking about. Or you could just, you could just say, my sibling's kid. Yeah. And then just My sister's on. kid, because actually the, the, your sibling probably. And you could refer to them may or may with have their gender. they, them pronouns. Like, oh yeah, my sibling's kid, um... I was going Christmas shopping for them, and they're, like, really into this one show, so I got them something from that. Right. And if the person makes a confused face after that, you can explain. Right. Okay. So there's a word for it, but another suggestion is just to describe the relationship in another way. It might be longer, but it's still, like, an accurate way of referring to it. So Salem is now completely lying down. (laughs) I think I've just worn, I've, I've worn you down, haven't I? Yeah. You're tired. It's full day of school today. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's about enough for today. Um, again, we're very interested in, in hearing your feedback or answering any questions you have. Um, you know, we really, really love enjoy love enjoy. We love enjoy. <laughs> we love we enjoy. really, really love and enjoy sharing our conversations with you. So keep on listening and hopefully you'll hear from us again real soon. Thank you. Stay educated. Oh, Salem.